Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 14th day of April, in the year of our Lord, 2023. How is the war in Ukraine going? Well, it depends on who you ask, but a recent release of classified documents concerning U.S. foreign policy might shed some light on the subject. So I will be talking about that information today. The fact that the U.S. is going to great lengths to find the leaker tells me that the information leaked is more than likely valid. It seems that now a 22-year-old Air National Guardsman has been arrested and put in jail for the release of this information. Before I start, please keep in mind that the Constitution Board National Committee meeting is next week. So no podcast then. I'll be back with you the week after that. There's a lot of information in the leak that looks legitimate, a lot that does not. But how can we know? How can we know for sure? How can we tell the difference? The Russians say it looks like an attempt to distract their attention from what's really going on. But it is an apparent embarrassment for the U.S. in any event. A member of the group Discord has been credited with the release by a teenage member of that same group. He's fed, he's strong, he's armed, he's trained, he's just about everything you expect out of some crazy movie. That's the description of the releaser given to the Washington Post by his teenage associate. Who leaked this massive amount of classified information and put it out on social media for the whole world to examine? Just like In the Vietnam days, no one seems to know for sure. Everyone has a theory that leaked details. Pentagon planning for the next stage in the war makes it clear that this is a war between the U.S., NATO, and Russia. The shocking thing is the release of extensive details about U.S. plans for Russia, China, and others, and it further reveals that the U.S. eavesdrops on everyone, including its closest friends. War plans the U.S. shared with its closest allies, such as the Five Eyes, as they are known. The Five Eyes are the U.K., Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the U.S. Those nations are supposed to have a special relationship, which includes the sharing of intel that is obtained by each of them. The information about U.S. spying on everybody is like a spy versus spy novel or a cartoon from the Cold War days, but it could also cause... A great deal of harm to the U.S. if real. Once again, it's not the release that's the harm, but the actions, the subject of the release. There are some very frightening things in the release. The conclusion that the United States is currently at war with Russia is inescapable from these documents. The only thing preventing this war from going nuclear is the good sense of those running it. So I wonder if that thought frightens anyone but me. Whether this information is real or fake is open to debate, but its conclusion is not. The Russians don't flat out call it a fake, but they say they don't trust it. The Pentagon says it is a fake, but the New York Times, the Washington Post, believe it to be genuine and published a good deal of it, including the interview with the teenager. There are details in the release that are very damaging to the U.S. position, which require either a great deal of knowledge or a great deal of skill to invent. For example, the U.S. feeds intel nonstop around the clock to the Ukrainians about Russian command posts, ammunition dumps, weak spots in Russian lines, unprotected flanks on the battle lines, location of general officers, etc. Real-time battle information that can affect the outcome of a battle. On a day-by-day basis, there is also... The indication that the U.S. NATO officials or representatives are involved in the planning and execution of strikes based on the intel provided 
In other words, this is a U.S.-NATO war. It's the kind of direct intel that allows the targeting and killing of Russian general officers and the kind that forces Russian supply depots further and further back toward Russia. According to the release, the U.S. alone has and maintains total control of the war on a command and control basis. One other part of the release that seems to make it more believable is its correction of the casualty figures that are being tossed around by Pentagon officials then normally denied by Russian officials. We have been told for months that Russian dead exceed 200,000, Ukrainian dead exceed 100,000, but the release disputes those numbers. These are the casualty figures to date, as listed in the original leaked information. Russia, total losses, 72 fighter bombers, 82 rotary wing aircraft, 6,004 ground vehicles, 35.4 to 43.5 killed in action. Ukraine total losses, 60 fighter bombers, 32 rotary wing aircraft, 11 strategic SAM batteries, 34 tactical SAM batteries, 16 to 17,500 dead. These figures come straight from official Ukrainian records, which probably means it's difficult to track them, so the U.S. simply records what the Ukrainians tell them. It's always possible that the Ukrainians are lying to make their numbers seem smaller. These numbers seem short, woefully short to me. Of reality, I remember reading figures of the fighting around Maripol as around 15,000 casualties with 10,000 KIAs and 5,000 POWs. So apparently there's some propaganda even in the release of officially prepared U.S. documents. The interesting thing is how different the official U.S. internal documents are from the publicly released propaganda of over 200,000 Russian dead. The other interesting thing revealed in the release is the total forces deployed inside the country. U.S. propaganda numbers said 1 million Ukrainian troops versus 500 to 700,000 Russian allied forces. It's hard to make 200,000 KIAs look plausible when you compare that to the real number of troops in the field, if you add up the figures of all the units deployed, apply the table of organization of those units, which is almost always high, you get an absolute maximum of 300,000 Ukrainian troops. Units are almost never at TO strength, so 200,000 to 250,000, probably more accurate. The interesting thing about the Russian numbers is that their combat battalions are 97% committed to battle. Despite that figure, the Russians have maneuver battalions and reserve battalions. Russian numbers are significantly augmented by the Wagner Group, a private contract, which is essentially a private army employed by the Kremlin. The closest I can come to figuring out the very confusing Russian numbers is about 100,000 Russian troops on each of three battlefronts, with about 20 to 25,000 Wagner Group troops as well. Let's look at some of that ordinance provided by hardworking Americans for use in this war against Russia. The U.S. provided a complicated rocket artillery system, and to date it has expended 9,612 rockets. They're firing between 14 and 28 of these rockets per day. The other workhorse artillery system is the 155-millimeter howitzer. The Ukrainians have fired 952,856 155-millimeter rounds to date for an average of 2,575 per day. 
The eye-opening thing about these numbers is that it shows only 1,840 rounds en route to being delivered. The conclusion that must be is that the U.S. is running very low on 155-millimeter rounds. U.S. Special Forces in Ukraine listed at 14 with a total of 97 NATO personnel. Total U.S. personnel listed at 100. The British have the country crawling with SAS troops, but I could not find their total strength. A lot of SAS support vehicles and aircraft indicate a lot of boots on the ground to finalize the equipment numbers. It's shocking to see that from U.S. official numbers, every system of artillery is running out of ammunition. The big spring offensive that the Ukrainian forces are supposed to be launching sometime around the end of this month was broken down a great deal with each unit, its various components. From this information, the Russians would almost know the name and service number of every single Ukrainian assigned to the attack. Ukraine has, according to the release, 253 tanks available for this attack. The vast majority are old Soviet T-64s and T-72s, not the highly upgraded version of the T-72. They also now have 14 British Challengers, but the old pre-war T-64s are almost gone, probably cannot be replaced in large numbers. Finally, the release tells us that the Russians, that the Ukrainians, could only withstand two to three more wave strikes. No one seems to know for sure what a wave strike is, but I would assume it means Russian missile or drone strike waves. There is no mention of the large numbers of T-72s that Ukraine reportedly once had, upwards of 300, so one might presume those have been destroyed. And so that conflicts with earlier numbers. The release, which was dated March 1st, says Ukraine needs 253 tanks, 380 infantry fighting vehicles and armored personnel carriers, 400 vehicles, 147 artillery pieces, 571 armored vehicles to carry out its planned offensive. The release makes it clear that Ukrainian forces are not up to this attack. But the Russians seem to think the release is just misdirection, so they choose not to believe it, publicly at least. According to the New York Times and the Washington Post, the Ukrainians are furious at the release of this information about their lack of readiness to make this attack. The leaks have been coming hot and heavy since the original release. The original release on the website 4chan revealed highly classified information regarding the spring attack that I've talked about. It's impossible to tell. Genuine or just more spin. The leak could be from a disgruntled insider, but who knows? One thing is made clear by the leak. That is, at the spin, people are out of their minds with propaganda. Reported 200,000 Russian dead. The actual documents presume less than one-fourth of that. This is all madness. It's just madness, but war is madness. It's madness business, above all things. How can this war ultimately end? It can end when both parties become so depleted financially and physically that they are forced to stop. One of two sides could always prevail on the battlefield and pose its will on the other. The U.S. could stop providing weapons and money and thereby force negotiations, or both sides could sit down and work out an agreement. Finally, it can end in nuclear annihilation. That's obviously the frightening way for it to end. There is a strong rumor surrounding the leaks as they appeared in the New York Times or Washington Post. Even Russia Today carried them. 
that the leaker was a disgruntled but very nervous insider who concluded that the war was building to a nuclear conclusion unless something was done to reverse the direction of it. Finally, folks, are the leaks real or are the real leaks a psyops? Who knows? Who can say with any degree of confidence? But Satan demands his souls, folks. There are plenty of people at the head of plenty of governments willing to give them to him. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.